I hope that you notice the difference in the readings today as we enter into the fourth Sunday of Easter. We also call this Good Shepherd Sunday, but there's a change. The last three weeks, of course, with Easter, we've been hearing especially in the gospel reading about Jesus's resurrection. And now we're jumping into John. We're going back to John chapter 10 this week, and actually John 14, a couple weeks after this is as well. And so even in our mind, we're saying, okay, John 10, John 14, that is before Jesus' resurrection. Because now we're preparing for, still celebrating Easter, hallelujah, praise God, right? But we're also preparing for Ascension and Pentecost. And the readings really speak of this. Now, the disciples, the apostles, they had, you know, that, that Monday morning quarterback, or maybe we could say it Saturday morning wild coaching quarterback, whatever you want to call it, they could look back and they could see, okay, this is what Jesus was referring to when he said he is the gatekeeper. He is the gate. Of course, in the gospel, what is he saying here? Only through him, with him, and in him will the sheep, that's us, by the way, be led into that eternal pasture be led into that, that, that homeland. He is the good shepherd who will lay down his life for us. We hear about this as well in our second reading today from Peter, this beautiful passage where he says, by his wounds, by Jesus' wounds, you have been healed. For you had gone astray like sheep. That's all of us, by the way. But you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. By his wounds, we have been healed. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves us. Because he wants us to enter into a relationship with him, not only here on earth, but eternally as well. That he truly came to give what? He came to give life, all before him, or everything else tries to steal our life. It tries to suck it away from us, but not God. He comes to give you and me and all of us life. And we hear about that in a particular way in our first reading today. Now remember, usually the first reading is from the Old Testament, but during the Easter season, we take it from the New Testament, we take it from, well, the Acts of the Apostles. What are the Acts of the Apostles? Well, they tell the Acts of the Apostles. There you go. You have uh, your, your answer. We have our answer. But today we encounter the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. Now what happens at the beginning of chapter 2 is actually what our confirmation students are going to hear about Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So this happened, of course, this is Pentecost, and yet today we encounter Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, verse 14, and then we jump all the way to 36 and 41. But I encourage you today, when you have time, and we, we should have time, it's the Lord's Day, by the way, I encourage everyone to read the Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, starting with Pentecost, and then this message, this first homily, of St. Peter. And so we catch the beginning of the homily, 
and we catch the end of the homily, and yes, it's much shorter than mine today as, as well, but it's a beautiful homily, and he says this, let the whole house of Israel know for certain, and by the way, a little pause here, who is he speaking this to? Everyone's surrounding them because of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's just descended upon them, and they're saying these apostles look like they're drunk. They're acting like they're drunk. Now, they're not drunk, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit, overcome with the Holy Spirit, and they can't contain it anymore. And so they're starting to speak in tongues. And so Peter stands up and says, let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God made both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, right before this, by the way, he's talking about everything that Jesus has done, how he truly is the Savior who's come into this world. And so he cannot hide this in anymore. Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And there's this beautiful line, and it's so true. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. You ever been cut to the heart, by the way? Someone ever said something to you? Or it's this, oh. Or maybe someone said something to you and this knocked you off your chair. They spoke a truth that you were not expecting. They spoke a truth that you did not want to hear either. I think we've all hopefully somewhere in our life encountered that. Where all of a sudden it causes us to pause. That it just shakes our foundation. This is what happened to them. Their whole foundation was shaken. And they're asking the question, what does this mean? What does this mean? And they see now that Jesus Christ truly is the Lord. That this one whom they crucified, whom we crucified, is truly the Savior who wants a relationship with us. And so they struck to the heart and they asked this question, what are we to do? They asked this to Peter and to the other apostles. What are we to do, my brothers? What does Peter say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized. Repent and enter into the sacraments. Repent and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we do this. This is why we enter into the sacraments of the Holy Catholic Church. They're able to receive all of the grace that God wants to give us. Yes, in the gift of baptism, but we know they're not fully initiated into the Catholic faith until the Eucharist and confirmation. And this week we're going to see both these things or our parishioners are going to encounter it. Next Sunday, of course, we'll have First Communion at the, at the 10 a.m. Mass. But tomorrow night, our confirmation students will be going to the Basilica. They'll be asking the bishop, the archbishop, hopefully, to confirm them. That they want to be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because what I have encountered as the pastor this past year, this past two years, these past 10 years for some of these students is that they have been struck to the heart. And they've asked the question, who is God? Does God exist? 
Does God love me? Do I want to enter into a relationship with him? And these young adults now have entered in and they said, we want to receive the fullness of Christ. We are ready to receive his fullness. And so that when we are struck to the heart, we know that we are not alone, but that rather we have the gift of the Holy Spirit with us. Where have I seen this in them? Maybe you've seen it as well. Our kids in the Adoration Chapel, praying, spending time with the Lord. Maybe you've seen our kids at Feed My Starving Children, trying to serve the poor. Maybe you've seen our kids on, on Wednesday nights coming to learn more about uh, the Lord. Or you've seen them going to, to Jesus nights. You've seen them going off to retreat. Many of you have been praying for them this past year. Praise God. And I'm telling you, these prayers are working. Do not stop them. These children are, young adults by the way, are excited to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because they know when they receive the gift of God that he is not abandoning them, but rather he's giving himself fully to them, just like he wants to give himself fully to us as what? As our everything. Who does what? Who leads us into eternal life. Not taking life away, but rather giving life. By his wounds we have been healed because he is a good shepherd. And so for the students about to be confirmed tomorrow night, know that we are obviously praying for you and thank you for your witness. Thank you for your journey. Thank you for your yes, but as you know, it does not stop tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's just the beginning where now you are truly sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that when you are struck to the heart with questions of saying, isn't there something more than this world has to offer? Isn't there something more than academics? Isn't there something more than sports? Isn't there something more than Instagram? The answer is yes. The answer is it is God who wants to be with you in good times and in bad, who desires to truly be the good shepherd who you are longing for. What does it mean to be the good shepherd? Of course, we heard about this today in our beautiful psalm, probably the most famous psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And verdant pasture, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. With your rod and your staff, that give me courage. You spread the table before me and the sight to my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. When we are struck to the heart, we realize that we are not alone, but that God is with us. And so we enter into this relationship. We say yes to him. We let him shepherd us all the days of our life.